Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. We have an episode of Catching Up With, our short-form interview series. This time we have our man Kevin Bobbitt, the director of marketing for iRacing. Boy, at a time where so many of us in motor racing are rightfully worried, concerned, or unsure of what the future looks like financially. Our friends at iRacing and every vendor supporting sim racing, whether it is steering wheels, seats, everything. Uh, Folks cannot keep their products on the shelves. And in the case of iRacing, their subscriptions have shot through the roof as frankly, they have had the magical thing happen that every company hopes for. Their name has become synonymous with the market they are in. We can call it sim racing. We can call it esports. If we're talking about using a steering wheel and pedals, the name iRacing often describes the entire genre. Good on them. And also good to speak with Kevin just to learn about this, the growth, the inception of the company. Also get into some things about TV, how they work with the broadcasters to present items that look so lifelike and real, cut like a real motor race, sim rigs, a whole bunch of stuff. So let's get going with our man Kevin Bobbitt, Director of Marketing at iRacing for this episode of Catching Up With on the Marshall Crew Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. Kevin Bobbitt, you cannot be a guy getting a whole lot of sleep these days uh you want to talk about the bell of the ball during this forced shutdown of life and earth and everything else i racing i hear that term spoken more than almost anything in our world of motor racing what has this last week or two or three been like for you as we watch so many racing series pivot towards esports as a very, very high value fill-in for the live motor racing events that we've had to uh, hit the pause button on due to the coronavirus. Yeah, well, uh, first, thanks for having me on here. Uh, It it certainly has been an interesting couple of weeks here at iRacing. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've we've spent the last 15 years or so, you know, building and developing an infrastructure that is kind of based around uh, internet racing and, and, you know, racing from your home against other people from all around the world. It's, it's kind of uh, social distance, distancing racing. I mean, it, it is what we do. And, and uh, for, you know, that that's how we built our business and, and it's been growing. And, you know, we've, we've, over the years, we've added all kinds of, all different types of racing for sure. You know, everything from NASCAR to IndyCar, sports cars, to, you know, everything, dirt, all that stuff. And uh, the com- community has been growing, and and now, now more than ever, people are finding that hey, maybe I should maybe I should check that out and, and find out what's going on. I, I can't go down and watch racing this weekend, or I can't go out and you know go bowling or whatever it is you might normally do. Um, so obviously, the you know things based on the internet are, are, are pretty convenient. Um, so we're we're happy that that we have an infrastructure that can support this, and that that we've built it over over the many years and. And, you know, if, if we're able to provide a little bit of entertainment in these unusual and, and, and you know, strange times, um, we're, we're glad to play play a part in that. You know, it, it's it's gone on so much further than just our regular customers, right, who, you know, uh, have been using our product for years. But, you know, we have these relationships with various series, you know, NASCAR, IndyCar, 
IMSA and, and, and so forth. And they are also in the same position as their fans, right? They can't do anything. You know, you're not going to tracks these days, you know, either are the, the sanctioning bodies, the crews, the drivers. So they're all looking for ways that, Hey, how can we engage with our fans and, and still put on a good show? And, and I think you, you know, you, you alluded to some of those already and we've been able to kind of ramp up uh, at a, a pretty quick pace to, to put together some sp- pretty special events that have been either streamed uh, some of them have been on television. Uh, we've got more that are coming on streaming, um, and, and putting these real world drivers from the series that fans are used to watching and putting them in a similar situation, you know, a simulated race, uh, with the cars they're used to driving on tracks that they're familiar with. And, uh, so far it's been really well received. I think that, uh, people's eyes have been open to say, Hey, wow, there, there's something to this sim racing. So, so when, been, uh, when I racing breaks, uh, this weekend, it'll be because some idiot named Pruitt is making his first foray <laughs> and is somehow hitting the wrong combination of buttons and everything that's being aired on national television and whatnot. When that all goes dark, blame me because I'm the guy that well, did something wrong. So everybody can tweet at you and hundred per- more hate than <laughs> usual. But one of the things I'd love to learn about Kevin, because just thinking about you all and your team have been so heavily invested in this business. Now that might sound like a dumb thing to say, and I'm certainly good at saying dumb things, but you know, there's some folks that have their business and they enjoy it and it grows organically and cool. iRacing has been a, a, there's been an evangelist aspect to it that I've seen has been much stronger than many businesses in our sport. The folks who are involved, man, they live this, they breathe this. It is, I'm not saying it's a cult, but it's pretty close. Folks just love themselves. I racing your team as well. The folks who create this and bring it to the world have been anything but passive in its growth. What has it been like knowing this hardcore push and effort to make I racing a success? Tell us what it's been like over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you have any numbers to share, but I have to imagine traffic to the iRacing.com site has been insane and new member subscriptions. It seems like this, this shutdown that we're going through has really helped bring a whole new wave of interest to what you've been doing. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think that's exactly right. So we've had pretty steady growth since we launched our product back in, uh, 2008 when we actually went live. Um, but certainly in the last, you know, three, four weeks, whatever it's been now, it's been, you know, uh, even crazier in terms of how many people are signing up. Uh, people also kind of come and go through iRacing. So iRacing is a, a membership system. So you, when you have an active membership, you can, you know, join our servers and race. And some people, you know, maybe race for a few months and then they go do something else. Maybe they're a real world racer and they don't, they don't use iRacing while they're, you know, in their race season, but nobody's in season right now. So lots of people returning as well. You know, it's, it's, it's old customers and new customers, uh, all looking for, for an outlet and a way to, to be competitive and, and to race and to be part of the team, you know, that, that, that does this is, is super rewarding. It, it, and it, but it really talks about kind of the groundwork that we've done over the last so many years to, to get here. Cause we're able to scale everything up without, you know, without breaking the internet so far. So that that's been pretty good. 
um, you know, we'll just have to keep you on, out of our servers and <laughs> if you're going to be the one that uh, <laughs> that does that for us. So that's um, that's a smart but, you know, call. You, you talk about kind of the attitude of, of people, and I, I think that comes from the development team here, right? Everybody here, obviously, we're a business, and, and you know, we're a for-profit business. We're trying to make money, just like all the racing series that everybody watches, right? So, but our everybody here is super passionate about it. Nobody comes to iRacing. Well, nobody goes to the office now anyway, but nobody shows up every day and is just trying to make a quick buck. We're all trying to figure out how do we make this better? What is it? What is, you know, what do you work on? You work on physics. Well, how do we make the physics more real? You work on the art side of things. How do we make this better? Um, you know, customer experience, whatever it is, you know, make the website better. So that's really our primary focus we want to make the best product and we kind of believe that if, if we do that, the, the rest kind of follows and, and, you know, we'll, we'll make, make enough money to pay everybody here and, and keep, keep, keep expanding it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been going on like that since I've been here and, and you know, you, you can see it now with, with everybody getting involved with it in the last few weeks. Looking at where things might go in the future, Kevin, and maybe I'm asking you to play a little bit of fortune teller. We could have a scenario where in whatever amount of time, a couple months, the coronavirus concerns fade away. We get back to normal life. A whole bunch of live motor racing events happen and we forget about iRacing and esports from a racing standpoint. I don't think that's going to happen. I think folks are going to see that, you know, this has been going on the whole time. This didn't just magically appear during the shutdown for entertainment, I think folks are going to realize that, you know, maybe this needs to play a higher role, a greater role within our sport and have it be something that frankly tune in on Saturday to watch the such and such live race from Watkins Glen. And also afterwards there's the one hour I racing esports event at the Glen. Do you think we might be, at a tipping point here where what you, what good folks like you do and other folks that offer some form of you know, esports motor racing uh, platform might actually become more part of the brick and mortar of our day-to-day lives in racing once we get back to live racing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're right. I mean, first and foremost, it is, you know, it's, we're kind of top of mind right now, but it wasn't just overnight your point we've been doing this for a long time um and and it it took a while to get here um situations kind of brought us to the forefront to many more people um with with everything that's going on in the world but we just like race fans hope that real racing returns we're you know we're race fans that's why we do this that's why we're simulating racing right i mean we love racing so we want the real racing to return just as much as everybody else uh, we might actually be able to get some sleep then too. Um, but, uh, I think that, uh, when it does return and I'm confident it will, I have no ability to tell you when I don't know enough about that and wouldn't even pretend to, 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 to guess any of that, but, um, I do feel like it will return. And, but I think iRacing will, uh, continue to be more, uh, a part of all these series. I think the series have seen, wow, this is a great way to, to engage with fans. And that's what it's all about. Whether you're IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, whoever you are, I mean, you you need your fans, right? That's what makes these series exist. That's how teams get sponsors. That's how races get sponsors. That's how 
racetrack sell seats, right? So, you know, if, if you're, you know, X, XYZ Speedway and you have, you know, one or two big races a year, well, how do you keep people engaged the rest of the year, right? There's 50 other weeks that, that nothing is happening at your track. And that's an exaggeration. Obviously they do other things and they have concerts and other, other races, but they only have a couple of big ones. And I, I, you know, we offer a way to, to keep people engaged, keep people thinking about it and kind of growing their, their love for, for whatever form of motorsport they're into. I really hope that we can, um, grow these relationships that have, that have, that are continuing to grow already with, with the series we're working with. Bit of a behind the scenes question that might be interesting to learn about Kevin. And that is for those who watched the E NASCAR race on Fox sports one last weekend, or watched IMSA's super Saturday event on YouTube or Twitch. This isn't old school 256 pixel type graphics from back in the day. This isn't relatively limited and stiff uh, angles to show and whatnot. There's a, a real ability to do almost broadcast quality production so that when you're watching, if you're sitting a little bit far away or you had a couple beers and your eyes are just a little bit glossy, there's the ability to get tricked and, and look at how it is presented and realize that, boy, this sure does mirror the, uh, the broadcast style. Like we would watch a real race uh, on television, share with folks how this happens, the tools that are in place for someone to actually produce uh, an event like this that looks pretty darn much like the real thing. Yeah, well, well that, that's a great question. So, I mean, obviously the, the graphics within iRacing look fantastic, and we have a huge art department and graphics team that, that works on that all the time, and they're always improving it with, you know, making it more lifelike. But we also have a, a full broadcast studio, uh, kind of the back room of a studio, right? We don't have a, we don't have a, a desk where people sit at, but uh, where all the controls are run, built into our, our new office that we just moved into a few months ago. So we run full broadcast from there. Um, and, you know, we have camera guys, we have guys working on audio, um, a producer that's calling the shots. There's somebody that's, you know, working on replays. Uh, the nice thing about iRacing is that we can put a camera virtually anywhere, right? So if, if you're at uh, a NASCAR track, they might have a couple dozen cameras there, but we basically have an infinite number of cameras. So, so we can really... Um, put together a, a pretty great replay or, or highlight reel, but we have camera guys that are, that are following. We build camera packs that, that are following the action. You know, last weekend you saw that we had the, you know, the announcers from the real world uh, on there. And that really added an element of uh, comfort and, and made it more familiar, right? It, it, it's the whole package that makes it more real and, and more, interesting it's not just okay well the drivers are in there that's super cool love to see dale jr race again but to have mike joy and jeff gordon calling that well that just brought it up to the next level right and we did just like uh, fox would normally do you know there were pre-production meetings there were run-throughs there were um you know notes for the for the commentators so they'd know well how much experience do, the, do, do these people have you know they they may know off the top of the head that how many how many championships 
Jimmy Johnson's won, but how much experience does he have in iRacing uh, versus Dale Jr., who you know obviously has a lot of experience in iRacing. So we we put it together just like a network would, um, and and I think that's why it, it was one of the reasons it, it was compelling to watch is that it felt like hey, this is Sunday afternoon, and I'm going to enjoy some racing, and it, and it felt like watching a regular race. Let's close on this, Kevin. So for idiots like me who did tons of gaming back in the day, Grand Prix 1, Grand Prix 2, Indy 500, the various Papyrus IndyCar games, very much a 90s uh, e-racing gamer. Uh, My familiarity and skills shut off around 2002. Oddly enough, coincidence, I met my future wife in 2002. So uh, the... The time vo- <laughs> that, air- that can, that's a common theme. <laughs> yeah, the air quote time void that I had beforehand. I mean, funnily enough, and maybe it's sad. Uh, the times where I've done the most uh, racing with whatever you know old school sim games happened when I didn't have a girlfriend or wasn't married. Uh, but nonetheless, I absolutely intend to give iRacing a try. See how badly I stink at it. I'm committed to this. <laughs> And realize that there could be many others like myself who maybe gamed back in the day using some Logitech wheel or a guy named Mike Menapays actually used to make steering wheels and pedals back in the early 90s that I used. But anyways, there might also be folks who just watched for the first time last weekend and said, hey, I've got to give this iRacing thing a try. What would you suggest to those of us who probably aren't going to go out and spend thousands on a sim rig that professional drivers use. What would you suggest for those of us who want to get involved and try, uh, if we're talking equipment, is there kind of a, you know, something the average human being can afford and how real should we expect this to be in terms of a challenge, knowing that a lot of folks might have never turned a a steering wheel in anger in competition before great question so um yeah if, if you watched the uh the box broadcast last week and and they showed the the post race with denny hamlin he was in a full motion simcraft rig you know super cool and and really a you know top-notch setup that's not what most people use though so you know denny's obviously probably got a different budget than you and i huh. um and, 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 you know, it's an awesome, awesome if you can do it, but it's certainly not necessary. Most of our customers use kind of a basic desktop computer, which they probably already have. Maybe they upgrade the graphics card and a wheel that they clamp to their desk. That's what I have in my office is a wheel that's clamped to the desk. It's, it's kind of on the back side of my desk. I spin around. I have a second monitor over there and the, the pedals are on the floor. Um, and, and there you go. I mean, I don't know if you if you caught a picture of Timmy Hill's um, setup, who was running at the front of a NASCAR race last weekend, right? And almost won the thing until I think the last last lap he got. Uh, I think Dale and and Denny got around him, but he has a desk setup just like that—a wheel that's clamped to his desk. Paddles are on sitting on the carpet in his in his room there, and and he's just as competitive, right? Uh, so it, it really um, it doesn't have to. Uh, put a huge dent in your wallet. You know, a basic Logitech wheel, uh, which is probably the most common thing that people use within iRacing, 
uh, probably set you back three, three hundred fifty dollars, something like that, on, on Amazon or Best Buy or you know wherever you wherever you buy electronics, that sort of thing. Um, you need decent internet, which hopefully most of us do at this point, and and then you need uh, you know uh, uh, a membership to 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 get going. Uh, so really, not that hard, not super expensive to get into. Um, but uh, to answer the second part of your question is is how or what would the experience be like? And I, I think that we are, uh, we are different than some of the games that you may have played in the past or other people have, are currently playing, right? So there, there's a lot of console titles out there that people play and, and iRacing takes a little bit more focus than, than you might need to, to on a, on a casual game. Um, but I think you'll find it's more rewarding if you do put that time in, you're probably not going to win your first iRacing race. Probably not going to win your 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 first ten i racing races because it's going to take some time to get up to speed. People take it pretty pretty seriously, but in a fun way. Um, but they put time in and they want to get better. Uh, unlike other games um, where you your character gets better just because you put more time in i racing, you only get better if you actually get better at it by practicing. It's it's. Uh, you don't get credit just because you turn the laps. You actually have to get better at, at them. And um, I think running in practice sessions, finding some people to, to chat with while you're online, you know, pick up some tips from people that maybe have a little bit more experience with you than you do. Those are great ways to um, get up to speed relatively quickly. I absolutely love what's going on here and do appreciate uh, what you and your team continue to do the uh the tales of the laser track scanning and just the most hardcore no this i would look i realize that there might be some debris here or there might be something that's slightly off from what folks currently experience no we're gonna nail it we're gonna get it absolutely right just the the stories of wanting to provide as close to 100% realism with all the tracks and so on. Those stories have just been legend for years. So it's, it is just great uh, as an external observer, seeing how this group of really passionate uh, participants in what you do there, that this, this thing's no longer the, uh, the, the favorite underground band per se. Uh, this is something <laughs> where, all right, we're not playing, you know, the little dive bars anymore. We're getting to play arenas and we're getting, you know, big turnouts. We got picked up by the big label now. See, right? I tell you, you're open for Taylor <laughs> Swift, Kev, get ready. Um, but just glad to see that, honestly, good folks doing good work uh, that have been recognized for that uh, for many years are now actually getting the wider recognition uh, you all deserve. So uh, if nothing well, we else, agree. happy that's, to see that. That's kind of you. So kind of you to say that uh, we, you know, we're, we're doing our best right now, trying to, trying to put out a good product for everybody. And, and you know, you know, most importantly, uh, hope everybody's staying safe and, and healthy and all that. Hope, hope you are as well. Um, you know, everybody at iRacing is, so that's a good thing. So uh, just trying to hunker down. And you know, the, the other nice thing is that we can all pretty much work from home, except for the, the one guy that's got to move the switches and dials in the in the production room, but everybody else is working remote. So that's Great stuff. Kev, thanks so much for taking some time here. And uh, again, I'm apologizing in advance. When everything goes dark, uh, <laughs> you know who to blame. Thanks again to Kevin for spending some time here to get us up to speed. Uh, speaking of up to speed, I've given up. I cannot keep track of all the various iRacing events that now seem to 
Phil, day and night. It's been fun until I gave up trying to track the activities of certain drivers where you go, great, they're going to be on the official racing series of whatever they're a part of on their big thing that's on TV or streaming, whatever it might be. Oh, and then they are over here. Oh, they're doing that. And it's just funny to see drivers who are so frustrated at not being able to drive are super filling their time with sim driving (sighs) might be coming up to a point where we need to create a whole new layer and that is sim rig mechanics and servicing maybe that's another thing we can create here during this coronavirus shutdown and get some income coming for the mechanics and other technical folks who aren't working or aren't earning a living right now yeah i'm guessing there's a lot of bearings and servos and all kinds of stuff that they're gonna get worn out pretty quickly with all the time being put in right now all right i am marshall pruitt this is our marshall pruitt podcast brought to you by cooper tires and the justice brothers thank you for listening